bless you over there. God bless you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being here. This is a church of wide open arms, and our desire is that you, uh, first of all, will make Jesus the Lord of your life, which is the most important thing. And then number two, hopefully you'll make Downey First Christian Church your church home. And again, if you're here for the first time, thank you for being here. And I would like to meet you personally. And so um, after, the, after I'm done preaching here, I'm going to walk out this door and I'm going to make a right. And there's a guest lounge over there, which is a little living room area. And I would like to just meet you. I will take about 30 seconds. I just would love to catch your name. Um, and to know if there's anything that we can do for you. And if you brought that person, if the person that is here for the first time, you brought that person, the person that brought the person, also just go over there and take them. Uh, we'll do a little bit of a positive peer pressure there. That way we can actually, I would love to meet you. Uh, so um, we're glad that you're here. Thank you for being here. Um, also, for those of you who come to church every Sunday, just remember, um, we're Christ ambassadors, and feel free to invite your friends, invite your neighbors uh, into this space, because if uh, the message is helpful to you and this experience is good for you, uh, why not share it with someone that you love? And so that's, uh, that's why we're here. Um, also, I want to uh, mention something that, that maybe you don't know about our church, um, and it's the fact that we're, we're, we're very involved in missions around the world. I don't know if you knew that or not. Some of you guys know that. Some of you have, have no idea. We have about a half a dozen missions all across the world that you are involved with. And so I want to show you a picture. So the person that's in the middle, all the way at the top with the glasses on her head, that's Erin Shedd. She's uh, Sarah Shedd's sister. Sarah Shedd used to work at this church. Many of you know her, and a lot of you also know Erin uh, Shedd. She's in the Canary Islands right now, and so she's one of our missionaries, and she's there now, and she's kind of doing some legwork to be able to, to find out about a church that she's working with there, um, and also how she can get involved in growing that church uh, through um, small groups, and so I was on the phone with her this week. We had a great conversation. She's super excited, and so I wanted to share that with you. Just so you know, we're involved in a lot of mission initiatives all around the world. This is one of them. She's one of our missionaries, and so please pray for her. Please pray, pray for her that God will guide her and God will show her uh, what her next step is and also that us as a church um, can come alongside her and support her in prayer. All right? Sound good? Isn't that cool? It's very cool. Very cool. All right, so let's go to uh, our scripture today, uh, James chapter 1. We just read that. If you have your Bibles, please, let's go back there. I want to reread it. It's three verses. James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. It says this. It says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. That phrase is, is insane. Pure joy. Like when you're going through something hard, hey, be happy about it. Okay, we're going to unpack that. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. I've titled the message today, When God, when, listen to this. I've, this the message today is called, When God Doesn't Make Sense. Have you ever been in a situation in, in your life where something happens and you're like, this does not make sense. It doesn't make sense that God would allow for this to happen right now. I was sharing with you guys uh, last week about this, this uh, woman from her ch her, our church. They had to make an, an impossible decision. Her dad got really sick, 
went to the hospital. His organs started shutting down. She had to make, her and her mom had to make an impossible decision, which was, do we keep him comfortable for the next few days until he passes away, or do we do an operation that has a high likelihood of, of taking his life while in operation? Like, how do you decide that? Well, he passed away uh, last week, and we're going to do his funeral here this Wednesday. Like, okay, what, what God, like, let's be honest. Like, why? What are you up to? What are you up to? Why, why would you allow for this to happen? There's a couple that's, that's on the verge of divorce. Why do you allow for such pain to happen? We have aging in our church. They're aging parents that aren't just aging, but they're, they're, they're having a hard time as they're aging. There's this, this cancer that, that you pray over and it disappears only to come back even stronger six months later to take this person's life. Have you ever been in a situation where you're just like, let's be honest, like, why, God? Why are you allowing for this to happen? You see, if you're here this morning, there's only three types of people in this congregation right now. One, per, one type of person is the person who's going through a trial right now. Another, there's a trial coming. And another, you just came out of one, all right? We're all going through things in our lives that are hard, that are hard. And you know, the problem is, is that I, I grew up in a, in a church evangelical environment to where if you were going through trouble and hardship, there's probably something wrong with you. Like either you don't have enough faith, right? Because your life should always be blessed. So either you don't have enough faith or, or um, you're, you're not doing enough, you know, or you're not giving enough. Or you probably have some hidden sin because your life, your Christian life, should be by default blessing. And if it's not, then there's something wrong. Now, you can look through the whole scripture and you're never going to find a verse that's going to say that if you follow Jesus, everything in your life is going to pan out. So the question this morning isn't, isn't whether or not you're going to face trials. The question is, how will you face them when they come? It's a question I want us to, to think about a little bit today. So this morning, I, I'm compelled to talk to you about how we are supposed to face these trials as Christ followers. Um, because the reality is that no matter if you're a Christian or you're a Muslim, or you're an atheist, agnostic, gay, straight, republic, democrat, I mean, no matter who you are, you know that you're going to have trouble in your life. And we have scriptures that support this, scriptures that actually promise this. First Peter 4, 12, this is Peter, the guy who walked on water. This is at his old age. He's, he's talking to Christians that are facing persecution. He says this, he says, dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. John 16, this is Jesus before being arrested. He says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. So not only is trouble possible, but trouble is actually promised in the scripture. So we have to understand this. So the difference isn't that... that as followers of Christ, we all, we all of a sudden have this like shield against trials and tribulations. That's not, that's not true. That, does not, that is not the way that it works. But as Christians, we don't have a shield against problems. 
What we have as Christians is a, is a better perspective on trials and tribulations. Um, Psalm 46, 1 through 3, this is David who was in the midst of unthinkable trouble and stress. He writes this. He says, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give, give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. So he never says, if you read that, he never says, God will make my trouble go away. No, no, no. He doesn't say. He says, I will not fear because God is my refuge in the midst of the problems that I'm going through. So God doesn't make necessarily all the pain go away, all the suffering go away, all the trials simply go away. What God will give you, what Jesus will give you, he will give you perspective. He will give you strength to face whatever comes your way. Being a Christian is not easy. And if someone ever told you that being a Christian is easy, I want to apologize on behalf of that person who, who preached to you a gospel that was incomplete. Um, Luke 9, 23, this is Jesus talking. He says, Then he said to them, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. I, I grew up in uh, altar, altar calls. You have an altar call, right? So you... You, you say things and you try to like, like almost convince people to like, hey, follow Jesus and it's going to be great. Like just you wait and it's, everything's going to pan out in your life. And so you talk about this from the stage and people will walk up and you'll pray for these people. And, but when you read the, the, the words of Jesus in, in verses like this, it's almost like the anti-altar call. It's like, I don't know if this is, I mean like, hey, if you want to try this, you can try it. But I'm telling you, this may not be for you. Jesus would preach things like John 6, 54, whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life and I will raise him up on the last day. That's almost the, it's like, whoa. Like in retrospect, we know what he meant, but in the moment, people were like, he's, he's talking about cannibalism here. Like, this is what we're going to do? He was trying to thin out the crowd to know who was actually with him. Luke 14 talks about counting the cost of being a disciple. Now, don't get me wrong. Following Jesus is the, the best life that you can ever choose. That's the best life. But nowhere in this book does it say that it's going to be easy. It says you're going to face trials, you're going to face tribulations, you're going to face pain. It doesn't say you might. It says you will. Not, not you, you're gonna, it's going to go bad for you if you mess up. Or it's going to go bad for you if you're lazy. Or it's going to go bad for you if you sin too much. Regardless. Life is going to come at you with trials and tribulations. So, first of all, I just want to make sure that we're not surprised when things come our way. We're not like, wait a minute, that shouldn't happen. I'm a Christian. Like, I, want, I, want us to make, I want to make sure that, you, that we all understand that. You will have trouble. This is a promise from God. In this world, you will have trouble, but, what does it say? But, it says, but take heart. Take heart. I have overcome the world. You see, today's message is not three steps to avoid trouble. No. The message of today is, is, is take heart in the middle of the problems that you're facing. Take heart. Be of courage. Be of good cheer. Take courage. This is what I want for you. Um, Hebrews 13, 5, the Lord 
expresses, this is the author of Hebrews is saying in the words of Jesus, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So the promise here is this. It's not that every trial will go away if you stick with me. This is, Jesus is not saying, he's not saying every trial will go away if you stick with me. What he is saying is I will stick with you through every trial. He will. It's a promise. God does not promise a life free from trouble. He promises he will never leave you. You see, this is my, uh, my, my I, have, I have a fantasy as a pastor. So I do, I, do, I do some marriage counseling. I do personal counseling. And here's my, here's my fantasy as a pastor. I have a fantasy as a pastor that somebody will walk into my office with a problem and we'll have a conversation and I will say something that will be so deep and so life transforming that that, pro- that person will walk away and their life, just as a result of what I did, will walk away just like, oh, thank you, Pastor. That was great. You just solved all my problems because of what you said. Thank you, thank you. Okay, that's never happened, by the way. Here's what does happen. If you come into my office, I will do four things. I will listen. I will pray for you. I will tell you my experience. I'll give you some advice. And I'll tell you what the scripture says. I will, I will pray for what you're asking me to pray. Like, if you need to be healed, I will pray for healing. And, and, and God sometimes does heal. And I will pray for restoration. And, but here's, the, here's my goal. Here's my goal for you. Is that you will walk away knowing that no matter what happens, God is with you. He's with you. He's with you. Okay? He's with you. And so... Um, Maybe you're here, that's all you need to hear. Maybe you're here, and all, all you need to hear right now is in the midst of whatever it is that you're going through right now. Maybe that's all you need to hear, is that God is with you. He's with you, he's, and he's never left you. Even, when you. even when you were at your darkest moment, he was there with you, and he's with you now. That's a promise. He's never leaving you. That's a promise that you can hold on to. So if you have something to write on and just maybe make a mental note, that, write this down. It says, God does not, this is not scripture, this is, I'm just, this is me saying this. God does not promise to resolve your problem, but he does promise to walk with you and love you through it all. So let's not be surprised when trials come our way. God does not promise us an easy life, but he promises to never leave us, to never leave us and to give us strength. Okay? I mean, think about it. Think about all these, the scriptures that we were just reading. Think about Peter. Think about David. Think about Jesus. All of these people were very familiar with pain. Very familiar. Um, but then we have James that we just read. Now, now James, he takes it to a whole other level. I mean, James is, he's, he's, just so you know, James was, he was a leader in the church in Jerusalem. He led the church for 20 years. They were persecuted, they were, they were famine-ridden, they were poor, and then, and then he was murdered. That's the, that's the person that, that, that wrote this. this and that, that's his life, that's his context. And he's saying this, he's saying, he's saying to all Christians, he's saying, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds. It's like, be joyful. I'm like, okay, I can, like, He's not saying, so 
He's not only saying that this is normal, you should expect, he's not only saying that this is common, he's not only saying that you should accept this as, as part of life, he's saying, no, 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 you should actually consider this joy. You should consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds. Now, is that supposed to be true? Like, like persecution, joy? Famine, joy? Danger, joy? Pain, joy? Is that supposed to be true for, for us as well? Like you get laid off and you're supposed to consider that pure joy? Like you, you're, you're, in an, you're in an illness and you can consider that pure joy? Someone dies in your family? You're supposed to consider that pure joy? You have a, a parent that is aging and it's hard to watch? How are you supposed to consider that pure joy? I can understand trouble coming to everyone and accepting these trials and facing them with strength and no fear and knowing that we're never alone. But considering them pure joy is a whole other level. Um, you may be asking, so Pastor, do you think it's, don't you think that it's going too far to consider trials, hardship, and pain, pure joy? Don't you think it's going too far? I'm not, I, by the way, I didn't write this book. So I'm just the mailman here, okay? Um, but let's talk a little bit about the word joy. You see, the Bible talks a lot about joy. It talks in the Old Testament, the New Testament, consider pure joy, the joy of the Lord, be joyful, rejoice always. So it, talks, it talks about this concept of, of joy. Um, and so when we think about joy, it's very possible that, that, that the, the idea that comes, comes into our mind is not the actual meaning of the word. You see, I think we get two concepts confused. Well, one, one is joy, and the other one's like gladness, or being giddy, or being happy, or jumping up, around, up, up and down. Like, they're two, they're two different things. You see, cheer and gladness and, and being giddy, let's say, is unstable. It comes and goes it's ethereal, you can't really trust it, it's unpredictable, and it's based on circumstances. So it, it's, you know, it goes up and down. But joy, on the other hand, is deep-rooted, right? It's, 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 it's permanent, it's immovable, it stands the test of time, and it is unaffected by circumstances. We've talked about this before. You, you, can, be in a, you can be in a party with, you know, a lot of giddiness and a lot of happiness, but have no joy in your heart. On the other hand, you can be at a, at a funeral right? And you're not jumping up and down. Like, of course not. You're sad, but you have a deep-rooted joy. And so, and so what, what, what James is talking about here is that whole idea of the fact that we have this, this joy that only comes as a result of our relationship with God. And so we have that, and that's the only thing that, that, that will not you know, make us unstable. It's that joy that we have. And so joy is what we all seek. It's what you ultimately seek. It's what Jesus provides. And it's what James is referring to when he says, consider it pure joy. He doesn't expect us to jump up and down when we face a trial. That would be crazy. He invites us to consider it pure joy, which, which is an invitation, as I said at the beginning. Considering it pure joy is an invitation to see trials from a different perspective. Um, not just no fear when we face trials, not just I will never leave you when we face trials, not just be filled with faith in spite of trials, but also be filled with joy. 
And he tells us why. He, tell, he actually tells us why we should consider it pure joy. Um, if you go to verse 3, it says, it says, because you know, he says this, he says, because, because you know that the testing of your faith, see, he talks about testing of your faith. So he, what he's saying is, when you face trials of many kinds, your faith is being put to the test, is what's happening. Now, I'm not saying that that's the only that's the only thing that is going on when trials are happening. But one thing I know for sure, because this, the scripture tells us, is that in those trials, your faith is being put to the test. It's not random. And then it continues, because the testing of your faith produces what? Perseverance. So the result of the testing of your faith will, will result in you perseverance. But let's, let perseverance finish its work. And then he tells us why. So that you may be mature, complete, and not lacking anything. Okay. So mature and complete. That's the goal. That you will be mature and complete. And we've been talking about this a little bit at our uh, um, all-church leadership training we did a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I talked a little about, about the whole idea that, that I want us to be, I don't want us to be spiritual babies. I don't want to, that, we, that we become a church uh, filled with people that will come every Sunday, which, by the way, if you're here every Sunday, I'm so glad that you're here, but I want to tell you that I, I don't believe that is enough. I don't want us to be spiritual babies. I want us to mature. I want us to be mature in Christ. I want us to be childlike, but not childish. Does that make sense? We need to grow. We need to grow. And that's, that's part of the, the reason uh, why we do what we do is not just so you can be fed, but so that you can also mature and are able ultimately to feed others. And maturity, by the way, does not mean knowing all the scriptures, okay? It doesn't mean knowing the whole Bible, you know, by heart, because you can be a, a, a biblical scholar, but a spiritual infant at the same time. And so this verse helps us understand what it means to actually be mature. Because you mature when you face trials the way James presents it. So you, if, you, if you face a trial and you're just like, oh, I can't believe this is happening to me, and then you just kind of get through it, you've missed an opportunity for maturity. And so what he's saying here, what, what James is telling us, is that when you face a trial, which you will um, first of all, you're not supposed to be surprised by the trial. Number two, you're supposed to face them with confidence, knowing that you're not alone. And then number three, you should consider it pure joy, not jumping up and down, that would be crazy, but because you know that when you persevere through the trial, you will be complete, you will be mature, and you won't lack anything. Which is really interesting because it's a big promise, like, oh, I'm not going to lack anything? Yes, that's what it says. When you go through something in your life, when you go through a death, you go through a heartbreak, you go through a divorce, you go through a trial, you go through something really hard, and you let Jesus take control, and you, you allow for him to walk you through that whole thing, and you rest in him, and you persevere, and you don't walk away, and you keep trusting, you will realize this thing. You will realize and when you look back, you will really realize that God was with you the whole time. But you got to allow for, for, the, for the perseverance to, to, be, to be complete and for you to, to like, I don't, under, I like, I don't know what's going on in my life right now. I know one thing. I'm going to keep trusting God. 
I'm going to trust him through it. No matter what, I will trust him. And in that moment, you may not see the big picture. You won't understand what's going on, but you will persevere in faith and you will not let go. And then when you look back, you realize, oh, dude, I, am mat- like I feel mature now. Like I understand that, that, that in the hardest moments in my life, God was with me. And now I don't like anything. You know why? Because when you know that God is with you, that's everything. And everything that you need in Christ, you realize you've, you always had it in front of you. It's a matter of continuing and persevering and trusting in God. And so here's, that's the goal. That's the goal. If you're, if you're here and you're going through a trial right now, or you're about to go through one, or you just wasted one, but hey, there's another one coming. Don't waste it. Don't waste that trial. I don't want us to be immature Christians, tossed around like waves. You know, like I was being tossed around this Thursday by the waves. I was uh, telling you guys I was, I'm taking surfing lessons, and I took my, my second lesson um, last Thursday. And um, it was, I want to share with you guys a short story that happened with my instructor. Um, you know, I, told, I talked to you guys about him last week. He's, he's a super nice guy, surfer guy. He's, he's had this company since the 80s this school since the 80s, and he was giving me a bad time. He said, hey, oh, you're a pastor? Dude, you should be walking on water, you know, stuff like that. Uh, look into the eyes of Jesus, and you won't drown, stuff like that. So he's giving me a bad, a bad time. But last Thursday, this, this week, um, we're taking the surfboards out. It's him and me and two other guys that were, be, that were also beginners, just like me. And he's like, hey, you know, my, I, I want to share with you that my son, my son Dylan, he had an accident yesterday. He fell. He was playing soccer. He fell. And he hit both of his elbows. And uh, he really scraped him really bad. But the right elbow was like swollen. And so he's in the hospital right now. As we were taking the boards out, he was in the hospital. And he says, could you pray for him? And I'm like, yeah, let's pray right now. So we're walking out with the boards, these two other guys. And I just, I just did a prayer. You know, I, I prayed for I prayed for him, and his, he asked me, could you please pray that they don't have to do surgery on him? And I just, that's what I prayed. I prayed, please, you know, don't allow for him to have surgery, and, you know, and then we kept walking, and his phone rings, he answers the phone, he talks, he hangs up, and he's like, dude, you're not going to believe this. Like, they literally just called me from the hospital, they're not going to have to operate on him. I'm like, it's one of those moments, it was so, so cool, and such a big testimony to him. And I know, it t- I know he was going to walk home that day and his family is going to share with his family. These two other guys were able to hear. Isn't God great? And he was looking at me like, dude, like what, like, what, is, it, like, what is it about you? He was like, it was like had all this respect for me, which he lost immediately when the wave started hitting me. But the point, the point is that, you know, I want to just kind of throw that in just as a testimony. But, but when, we're, when we're stable in God, when we're stable in God and, and we, we trust God, like the, 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 we won't be tossed around by the waves. We won't be, like circumstances won't determine where we're at. We can be, we can be firmly, firmly rooted in Christ and, and, and to know that, that when we go through something, we're going through pain and we're going through struggle, to not waste it, to not waste it because these are the moments, these are the moments, these are the moments. When God becomes so real in the midst of our darkest times. So let's not waste it. Um, 
So Romans 8, 28 is a very uh, popular vo- verse, and it's also a very misinterpreted verse. Romans 8, 28 says this, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Sometimes we'll interpret this and we'll think that what it is saying is that everything bad in our lives will end up turning to good. Like if you have cancer, you're going to be healed. If someone wrongs you, you're going to be justified. If somebody cuts you off in traffic, then five minutes later, they're going to get a ticket, right? That's not what it's saying. It's, he's talking about, he's talking about the, the, the whole of the purpose of God. Um, works all things comes from the, the Greek, and it's a, it's a word that's called synergio, which is where we get the word synergy. He's talking about this whole thing, his whole plan, all the things are working together into his final purpose. And so here's the thing. Sometimes we're in that moment, and we're struggling, and we're in pain, and we don't understand why God is doing what he's doing, and we have to just trust that sometimes we're in the pixel right? And we don't see the big picture. We're just in that moment. But that's where our faith needs to be rooted, not in that everything makes sense, but in who God is and that he's with us and he's never leaving us and he's never going to forsake us. And so here's the kind of conclusion here. Um, I I wish I could promise you that everything is always going to go your way. I don't have a scripture for that. I'm sorry. Um, but I can make you three promises from the Bible. Number one, God works all things for good. Number two, he will never leave you alone. And number three, when you stand firm in the midst of trouble and tribulation, you will be mature, you will be complete, and you won't lack anything. So my invitation for you today is that in the middle of the pain that you are in right now, that you will trust God anyway. I want to invite you this morning to not be surprised when things come your way. And I want to invite you to begin looking at things from a different perspective. And here's the challenge. I want you to take life, life's trials as opportunities for joy. Um, because when you do, you will understand that, that, that God is at work. He's up to something. And the result of that is you will be mature, complete, not lacking anything. I know, this, I, I talked about this just a little while ago, that, that, that the promise of you not lacking anything is a big promise. It's a big promise right? Um, And you may think that James was exaggerating a little, like not lacking anything. That's a big promise. It's not what it is. He's saying this, when you stand the test, when you stand the test, you will realize at the end of the day that God was always with you. And when you know that God is with you, you have everything you need. And that, that starts here. Like, that, like the presence of God in your life starts here. This, this oneness with God and Christ starts here. And, it, and you're, you're good for, for eternity. Even when your body decays and everything is done and we, we go into eternal life, we have everything. 
So let's not waste a trial. Let's not waste these moments. And so here's what I want to do now as we close. If you guys uh, could just close your eyes here for a moment and, and, uh, and bow your heads. This is a private, I mean, we're all together, but it's kind of a private moment between you and God. And, and I just want to speak a little bit and then we'll, we'll pray. Because maybe you're here this morning and you're going through something that is too big. It's too big for you. It's too big for you to handle. You don't have the bandwidth. You don't have the, 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 the brain, the heart, the, the soul to, to manage what you're going through right now. And I want to encourage you this morning that no matter what it is that you're going through right now, there's nothing that is too big that God can't handle. Nothing. So Jesus died on the cross, covered everything. I want to invite you to not walk away from this trial and not try to just, oh, I'm just going to wait it out until it's done. I'll just muscle through it. No. That you won't waste it. And that in the midst of everything that you don't understand and that you wish was different, that you will persevere and knowing that he is with you. Even if you don't feel him, he's with you because he promises to be with you. So Lord God, this morning as we, um, as we finish the message here, God, I just want to thank you for your love and your mercy and your presence. And I, I want to ask God that you will comfort our hearts right now in the midst of pain and tribulation, in the midst of what we're going through right now, or in the midst of things that may be coming our way, that we will take these problems and trials as opportunities for joy, not because of the trial. We're not happy because of the trial, but joy, knowing that this is an opportunity for us to be able to get to know you deeper and for your presence to be confirmed in the midst of it all. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray.